Welcome to Difference Makers. I'm your host, Adam Van Brimmer. On today's podcast, Girls on the Run Executive Director Maria Center talks about helping elementary and middle school age girls power up for the challenging years ahead. The Difference Makers podcast is brought to you by an organization making a major difference in our community, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces. But do you know why they are Difference Makers? This is Difference Makers, a podcast presented by the Savannah Economic Development Authority and dedicated to highlighting Savannah's key players and their contributions to our community. Difference Makers hail from several sectors, including commerce, government, education, arts and culture, and philanthropy. I'm Adam Van Bremer, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Thank you for listening. Maria Center knows the struggles local girls face in building and maintaining self-confidence in their formative years. That's why she's so passionate about the Girls on the Run program, which serves more than 650 girls in coastal Georgia and the South Carolina Lowcountry. Girls on the Run strives to inspire elementary and middle school age girls to be joyful, helpful, and confident. The program and Maria Center are difference makers in our community. Pleased to be joined on Difference Makers today by Maria Center with the Girls on the Run, Coastal Empire and Low Country, or did I just butcher that? Coastal Georgia and Low Country. That's right, Adam. But uh, Maria, thanks for coming in, and let's start where we usually start on this, and let's talk a little bit about you and your leading up Girls on the Run. I imagine you're a a very active runner. You've been running all your life. Is actually I have. (laughs) <laughs> At least uh, since my early 20s. So I am, in fact, a runner. Um, but the running is just part of this program. That's that's not the whole story, and you're going to hear a lot more about it, Adam. But um, basically, I started my career as a high school in, uh, high school art teacher. Okay. And uh, my entire career has been spent in the public and nonprofit sector. I'm really driven to service mm-hmm. and want to do something important to try to, to, try to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had a variety of positions, including at the city of Savannah, um, G- Georgia Southern. I worked as part of a public-private partnership with Savannah Corporate Academy and spent the majority of my career with American Diabetes Association as a field director. And uh, I started as a volunteer there. Um, I chaired a campaign that doubled from the year before. And so who knew? I had talent for fundraising. So I've kind of been going in that vein. I did a short stint at the Mighty Eighth as her development director. And I had the privilege of talking to World War II heroes, Mm -hmm. uh, people who flew in the Mighty Eighth. And as you may know, they lost 26,000 men, more than right. all the Marines combined in World War II. That was a real privilege to work for them. And then um, I found out that my friend, who was the executive director, was retiring. And uh, so I thought, ooh, Girls on the Run, that just sounds like a great fit for me. And I've been with them now for about a year and a half. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a great organization. So a teaching background, you were used to working with young people. What did you carry from your roots to what you're doing now? Well, yes, I did start my career working with kids, um, teaching art, and I also work with kids uh, at the city of Savannah. I was a cultural arts 
person. So, you know, Savannah Corporate Academy, also working with young people. Um, So this is a natural fit for me. Children are experiencing huge challenges and they need guidance and they need adults in their lives um, to help them navigate um, Mm -hmm. a complicated world. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been a very good transition for me. Mm -hmm. Talk about your background as a child you had some guiding forces in your life you grew up in I assume you were teaching in Madison is that kind of where you where you grew up Uh, I grew up in Athens um, after spending time in the Midwest I'm actually Cuban so uh, my family left Cuba um, in 1962 and uh, was four and so, uh, yes, it was a, a, an adjustment. I didn't speak English when I mm-hmm. came to this country, and we got a lot of help from some great people. And I can't say enough about the Midwesterners. We were in Kansas. We were in Illinois. Um, they were fabulous. So they were great to my family. And, uh, you know, everyone needs leadership. Everyone needs guidance. So um, that's that's why I'm attracted to this type of work. Right. Growing up in Athens in the shadow of major university what kind of influence did that town and and that environment have on you uh my dad was with the university of georgia uh and so i grew up and and also was with the university of illinois so i grew up sort of in an academic environment um so that afforded me the opportunity to be around just a lot of different people and exposed to a lot of ideas. So, you know, I come from that kind of a background. And so I'm, I'm very open-minded. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I look at the world through through that lens of, you know, being open-minded and open and just uh, coming from a different cultural background. And I appreciate and respect all people. Yeah. Teaching, I imagine with, uh, you said your father worked for the universities, I imagine on the academic side, so did teaching kind of dovetail perfectly with what you wanted to do, at least initially? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, yeah, Dad was uh, with the law library, and uh, he actually trained as a lawyer. And since we came to this country, he didn't really speak English. He had to kind of start all over again. Up, so yeah. he became um, a law librarian. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I was always exposed to a lot of things. They were you know, reading. Uh, we were big readers. Uh, mm-hmm. I recently found a picture of myself as a little kid in bed, happy as a clam, reading my book. Mm-hmm. So I was always drawn to education and learning and and service, really. So mm-hmm. my mom was very active in the Catholic Church and mm-hmm. um, a big crusader for social justice. So, you know, I kind of come by all of this honestly. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the 60s and 70s, women, sports, academics, a lot different than it is today. When you look at Girls on the Run and and how you're using uh, leadership and athletics and that kind of thing today, if you could project it back to when you were a child, would it have made a huge difference? How much has things things changed for young girls in terms of their opportunities today versus back then? Well, you know, one of the reasons this program is so important and why it's needed is because... Girls' self-confidence uh, begins to drop by the, by the time they're nine years old, mm-hmm. and 50% of girls between the ages of 10 and 13 experience some kind of bullying, like name-calling and exclusion. Mm-hmm. By the age of 10, girls' physical activity levels decline, and that decline continues throughout adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, so our programs address these and many other s- challenges. I think, you know, girls have to navigate all these messages about their worth, mm-hmm. about their abilities. They mm-hmm. start questioning their own skills, their own talents. 
and I think that there is more support now for yeah. young girls coming up. I, I think it was probably harder before, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that that's I think that that's why this program is so important. Yeah, the challenges haven't necessarily changed, although I guess media perception of what a young girl should be is, is probably ramped up. But the challenges are the same. But like you said, the, the support system and I think maybe the societal understanding has maybe expanded. Yeah, I think so. I think it's amplified. I mm-hmm. think that uh, the you know social media and uh, just the just incessant uh, advertising that girls are subjected to, and mm-hmm. we teach them to be critical about these advertising messages, all this negativity and you know the body image and these ridiculous, unattainable notions about what beauty is. You know, and we we tell them that real beauty is what's in your head and what's in your heart. So, uh, you know, they develop a lot of confidence when they can find their own voice and their own, their own ideas. They are the leaders of their own lives. That's interesting. I was attending an eighth grade graduation last night and just to see, you know, you can almost tell by looking at them how, how they feel about themselves and, and kind of some of the outside influences and it's, uh, it's enlightening and heartbreaking and inspiring and everything else all at the same time so true yeah so you had a friend that was your predecessor and, yes and she retired what kind of led you how much exposure had you had before you succeeded her what led you to to get involved well um you know when i found out that uh my predecessor was going to be retiring i started reading up on the program because i i felt like i needed to be in more of a community development um grassroots organizing type of role that really is my jam um so i volunteered for the 5k i attended the the paysetter concert that i'll be telling you about in a few minutes and started meeting some of the leaders in that organization um there are some fabulous board members, very highly engaged people. And um, so the program just speaks to me. And I I realize how important it is because I talk to so many parents, principals, teachers, and I know the impact that this program has. So uh, it it definitely uh, was very interesting to me. And it, it definitely was a great move for me. Yeah, give us the background. I think a lot of people by now have heard about it. Certainly, if you have children in the public schools, for sure you've heard about it because they're, it's it's a club that's offered by many of the public schools, and the information comes home to the parents. But it didn't it didn't start here, but it's growing like a weed here. Take us back to the roots and and how it's kind of evolved here locally. Okay, perfect. Well, we are, it's the Coastal uh, Girls on the Run, Coastal Georgia and Lowcountry, and we are an independent council of Girls on the Run International, um, an organization serving all 50 states and Canada. We run after-school programs and summer camps for girls in third grade through eighth grades. Um, Our after-school programs use an experience-based curriculum, which creatively integrates running, and the running is to help the girls develop confidence um, and instills in them an appreciation for health and fitness. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of a, it's just part of the, we're not a, you know, track club. Running is just a component Mm -hmm. uh, that has a greater purpose. 
this organization has been in Savannah for 13 years, and we are serving a pretty big area. We serve Chatham, Bryan, Liberty, Effingham. Um, we've just picked up Bullock County, and we're also serving Beaufort County and Jasper County in South Carolina. So we've got a, a big geography. Um, this past spring, we served 650 girls in 44 sites. That's our largest spring by far, and uh, it continues to grow. Um, even as some other councils are experiencing a decline or are plateauing, Mm -hmm. and we are seeing an increase. So um, I think the more people find out about this, the more interested they are in enrolling their children and in bringing this program to their school. What we Well, we have two different programs, Girls on the Run for third, fourth, and fifth graders, and we have an elementary uh, middle school program for uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders called Heart and Soul, S-O-L. L-E. Mm-hmm. And um, so what they do in Girls on the Run for the younger girls is we teach them how to manage their emotions, resolve conflict, help other people, and make intentional decisions. Uh, they participate, well, they develop and execute a community service project. And so they try to make a meaningful contribution uh, to the community. And I wanted to say a word about that, Adam, because I had a great conversation with Brock, uh, Brock Elementary principal. She said that that was the, her favorite part about the program, the community service uh, aspect of it, because all of her girls are on the receiving end. And they get to experience what it feels like to be on the giving end um, mm-hmm. and, and and contributing to, to the community. So they realize that they have something to contribute to the world, that their circumstances do not define who they are or what they can do with their lives. So I think it's a light bulb moment for some of these children. Sure. And this is important because... Everyone is telling them what they're supposed to look like, how they're supposed to act, and you know what they're capable of. And this program empowers them to you know take control of that narrative that they are the bosses of their own lives, and they may not be in the best circumstance, but they can overcome that if they have supportive, helpful people in their lives, and that's what we provide through Girls on the Run. The Heart and Soul program is a little bit different for the middle school children. This is an extremely challenging time. And through this program, they learn to they learn about themselves. They explore new ideas. We help them cultivate empathy. You can learn empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they devel- uh, develop life skills that they can use now and as they move through adolescence. So this these programs help these girls power up for the challenging years ahead. And the things that they learn, and we hear this a lot from the adults who work with the girls, and they always say, and everyone says it, I wish there had been something like this for me when I was growing up. So it, it's it really, these programs have a big impact on these children. Was there a, a patient zero, a, a runner zero? Do you do you know where, where it all started and, and how it built the momentum before it came here? We, when we started here, uh, my understanding is that we had like four sites okay. and maybe 30 girls. So... Okay. I mean, our fall season, we're probably going to serve about 800 girls at 50-something sites. So um, it's, it really has a life of its own. And, uh, yeah, so we're, it, we're real excited about all that. You're the director, but I have a feeling that there's a lot of others that make things happen out there. What, uh, what, is it a volunteer base? Is it teacher base? Is it Well, we have uh, two full-time staff, myself 
Um, and we uh, just hired an administrative coordinator, mm-hmm. and we have a program director who is a volunteer, believe it or not. Wow. Um, she is absolutely amazing. So we're very lean and very mean, but we mm-hmm. have a lot of volunteer support. So we have really started beefing up our, our volunteer ranks, and we are becoming much more of a volunteer-led organization mm-hmm. uh, through our board members, the committees that we're setting up to to do all of these things that we're doing um, and then of course we work really most importantly with the coaches who are majority teachers but we have a lot of community coaches as well so these are people who work with kids all day long and give up their time after school they give up 30 hours plus the 5k to work with these children so I think that that is a testament to how important they think this program is to the to the kids that they're working with so so yeah we we it takes armies to do this mm-hmm. um you know obviously you have just you know three staff and you're serving uh six seven counties um mm-hmm. with hundreds of children it's uh it's quite a production Let's give Maria a chance to catch her breath and talk about the Savannah Economic Development Authority. When it comes to difference makers in Savannah, the team at CETA is pushing to make Savannah a great place to work and live. CETA is committed to creating, growing, and attracting jobs and investment in the Savannah region. Whether a business looking to relocate to the Savannah region or an existing business ready to grow and expand, CETA is the centrifuge of a propeller, making the connections, helping propel the business to success. Learn more about the Savannah Economic Development Authority and what they do in the Savannah community by visiting CETA.org. We're in late May, so I have a feeling your your races for this year are behind us. Uh, tell us about um, the races you had this year and, and where it was and how many turned out and what the day was like. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because <laughs> I don't think people realize just how massive our 5Ks are. Mm. Um, it's, we had our last 5K on May 4th, and we had it at Hutchison Island um, near the pit paddock, so mm-hmm. near the racetrack and all of that. Yep. We had well over 3,000 people. The police who were there uh, doing the parking said easily, easily 3,000 people. So we're talking four or 5,000 people for the uh, fall campaign. Uh, so it's just a fantastic festive um, experience for these girls who have been practicing um, to run in the 5k to see that outpouring of support from the community from their families Um, it's uh, it's a real big moment for them when they cross the finish line and pick up their medal that tangible proof that they ran 3.1 3.1 miles, which is no small matter. And you're a runner. You know that's hard to do. Yeah, I can't do it in one, in one <laughs> bit. But I, I have experienced one Girls on the Run 5K. My daughter did it one year when she was in elementary school. And it, at the 5K that year was at Savannah State. And I was willing to run with her, but she wanted to run by her. She wanted to run with her friends. You know, whatever. Okay. Dad's <laughs> not cool anymore. It started early in my house, probably from birth. Uh, but I just remember it, it took her a long time to get through it. And I said, you know, she came back. I said, what happened? And she goes, I just, I never really had seen Savannah State before. And as I was running, I wanted to walk and check out the campus and talk to my friends. And it's just a very different experience than what I had had as I spent a long time as a sports rider, covered many, many, many races. And, you know, you're, that gun goes off, you're, you're going. You, you want to finish as fast as you can. And that's not... The experience with girls on the run I, there were a couple that were really driven to get a good time but that's not what it's all about at the races what is the experience like for you to see all of those girls 
competing or having fun or socializing or just participating? That's a wonderful question. It is inspirational. It is so uh, beautiful to see those children running their little hearts out. And we're talking children from all backgrounds, all shapes and sizes, every color of the rainbow. We have children in crutches. You know, we have all kinds of children. Um, And so it is fantastic to see that uh, and to see the joy on their faces when they cross the finish line. Their parents, all their family members are so excited. Um, You know, we've got photographers. You know, we had WSAV out there. So it's very uplifting. It's probably, you know, and there's frequently, you know, people crying. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is emotional um, because we, we know that some of these kids come from really tough backgrounds. But I, I want to take a minute just to address that too, Adam, because we are not just for j- disadvantaged girls. Mm-hmm. This program is for all girls. Mm-hmm. All girls are experiencing uh, the same challenges. Absolutely. And, um, does this program uh, help uh, disadvantaged children the most? Probably, but all kids can benefit. And so I just want to make sure that people understand that, you know, we serve um, private schools, we serve Title I schools, uh, you know, we're, we're, our program is portable. Anywhere we have trained coaches, uh, we can present this program in churches, neighborhood centers. Um, the Landings has a program. Uh, their uh, employee who's in charge of community activities is a great coach. And so we have girls from different schools who attend uh, that program. So we're very diverse and we're committed to diversity and access and inclusion. That is one of our core values. So you mentioned that the, the, the season such as it is, is over. You're you're in the the off season because school is is out, and you're ramping up for the fall. But I know you've got some events. You got one big event coming up in July, right? And it's basically a chance to for the community to help fund some of the. Absolutely. And I'll tell you why that's important. That 71% of our children are on scholarship. So we do fundraising, we write grants, we engage corporate sponsors, uh, individual donors um, to uh, help fund this program for children whose families need need assistance. So the fundraising is, you know, always a part of a a nonprofit organization. We have a concert coming up on Sunday, August 25th. It will be at um, 45 Bistro. And one of our board members, uh, Kristen King, who was a very well-known harpist and musician, she puts together a killer group of women who perform like a fantastic set of music that they handpick for this concert. And this is an opportunity for people to come out and support Girls on the Run. For $150 per person, you can sponsor a girl in Girls on the Run. And so uh, that's the purpose of the pay, uh, Paysetter concert. We well, $150 also, for one girl for the whole year. That's all it costs. For, the, for one season. That's right. Wow. It's I mean, that doesn't really cover our costs. Right, but, yeah. You know, so that's why we have to do fundraising right. because, you know, we're paying for a lot of things. Um, medals, T-shirts, shoes for girls who, who need it, all the curriculum, the supplies, the snacks. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's a big deal and putting on a 5k also is not free so you know but that's part of the experience that's part of the curriculum so yes we have to raise money we also have a golf tournament that will be on thursday october 17th and that will be at uh, the club at savannah harbor and so that's one of our uh, largest fundraisers um and we're all always looking for for new ways to get people involved and to uh, support our work and it'll kick back off again when school starts back in in august and september for anyone who's listening, we will be putting together some coach training events in August before school starts for people who want to get trained in our curriculum. That is the hallmark of, uh, of, of this program, why it is better than regular sports and better than PE. It's our emphasis on highly trained coaches presenting our curriculum exactly as intended. Um, and so if, you know, when people who want to get trained can, can come to the training and we'll be able to present and deliver our program. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then we'll start, we'll have a big coach kickoff, uh, for the fall. And then we will start our programs in late August, probably uh, early September. Mm -hmm. We're still nailing down those dates. The ultimate measure of this program is the impact that you have on girls' lives. Uh, I know that you've seen it firsthand. I know there's probably a lot of, of numbers and statistics out there as well. Can you kind of walk us through if you had to describe the, the why and the and the how and the, the, the takeaways, what would they be? We know this program works uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, we recently conducted our first longitudinal study that shows that girls improved in self-confidence, learning critical life skills, and they significantly increased their level of physical activity. These are all measurable things. According to our study, girls made the greatest gains in connection feeling supported by their peers, and confidence. These girls liking the person they are. So these are all measurable things. Girls on the Run was included in a Harvard University Guide to Social Emotional Learning, and we've been recognized by the National After School Association as one of the most influential after school programs. Um, so, you know, that just gives you a little bit of background on how we measure success and, and uh, how well regarded this program is. But the best measure of success is talking to these parents. Right. I had a conversation just the other day with a mom from Bryan County, and she called to find out when the next season was going to start because her child just went through Girls on the Run at um, Carver Elementary mm -hmm. in um, Richmond Hill, where we have 40-something girls in the programs. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. real. I think we could have 100 girls if we had more coaches. But she said, my child was so introverted. So shy, being bullied, she wanted to be homeschooled. She did not want to go to school. So we felt that Girls on the Run would be a good program for her. So they enrolled her in the program. She said this program has been a blessing for her family, that it has transformed her little girl, who now sticks up for herself. She sticks up for other people. And so, you know, we hear stories like that an awful lot. And I'm excited about having a PR intern from Georgia Southern over the summer who is going to help us put together some of these stories um, about this, uh, the impact of this program. Because that I think people just really need to understand what it is. It's not just running. It, it's funny because my daughter really enjoyed the program, everything about the program, except for the running and I think it more had to do with she's not against the physical activity. She plays other sports, basketball player, a swimmer. It's that she found just the, the practice of running boring. 
How do your coaches kind of overcome <laughs> that in some of the girls? Right. No, I mean, I, I get it. I, you know, as a runner, I mean, I do get bored. So I try to change up my route. Um, I'll get in my car. I'll drive someplace, somewhere scenic. Um, so, you know, some people listen to music. So, yes, you have to entertain yourself. We're busy little monkey brains. We have to be thinking about stuff all the time. So uh, our coaches make it fun, though. They have running games, and they, you know, every time they run a lap, they'll put a little rubber band around their wrist, and they'll have, you know, their wrist covered oh, with all these bands. Forearm full, huh? Every arm full of bands, exa- yeah. exactly. So, um you know, they try to emphasize how important it is for them to be physically active. You, you don't want kids sitting in front of a screen all day. Especially nowadays. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I can tell you from my time at American Diabetes Association, I talked to parents whose kids had adult diseases. Yeah. You know, they were obese. They they even had type 2, which is generally a, you know, the adult disease. So, you know, it's like, oh, come on, you can do it. You can yeah. do it. Here, drink some water. Yeah. And then they have their friends with them. And right. that's, that's the other huge part about this program, that these children are supported by their peers. A girls on the Run team is a family. Mm-hmm. They have each other's back. So they encourage each other. Um and I can tell you a story from Effingham County. We were at a school there, and actually, Buddy Carter came out there to you know mm-hmm. learn about girls on the run, and and uh, he asked what they liked the most about it. And a little girl raised her hand. She started talking about it. And after it was all over, I was talking to the principal. She said, "That is the last person we expected to to do anything or to say anything." And as it turns out, this child was experiencing violence in her home, mm-hmm. but felt comfortable enough with her coach. Mm-hmm. and her team members that she talked about some of the stuff going on at home and the administrators were able to intervene so that is a big part of this program too yeah. just it's that a, support it's system. a bit of a, a bit of a safe space right completely and, and, a safe space yeah especially for the middle school girls where the the hormones are starting to rage and they're the mean girls at each other it's and, a thing yeah Girls can be mean. And people, like, why don't you do this for boys? Well, we don't serve boys. We serve girls Mm -hmm. and their specific needs. And as you said, you put it beautifully, it is a safe space. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, it is important to have just those girls um, by themselves with their coaches and their their peers. So how, and I know that you get calls all the time. You talked about how you're expanding. How do you, how do you start a program? How do you get it going? How do you set it up? Okay, well, I just want everyone to know that this is a portable program. We would love to be in more non-school settings. Mm. Um, You need a safe outdoor space for outdoor activities and running, Um, although you don't need a track necessarily. We have some schools that are urban schools where they run around the school, you know, as long as it's safe. We just, you know, safety's first. Um, And then we need a good indoor space in case of inclement weather. Uh, Girls on the Run team, we like to have eight girls and no more than 20 so bigger teams need more coaches you need two coaches per per team we are flexible to a great degree because the coaches know their girls if they think okay we'll take 22 you know the you know the cutoff is 20 but we you know we can handle 22 we'll let them have 22 girls so we try to be very customer service oriented and respectful of their knowledge of their of the people that they serve so uh, that's sort of how a team works and then, of course, we need people who agree to become trained in our curriculum, and that is uh, usually about two hours. Mm-hmm. If we have a group of people that want to be trained from a single site, we will go to them, and we will conduct the training. Our coaches 
um, our head coaches have to be women, mm-hmm. but we have a number of assistant coaches and running buddies who are men, and we love our men. We have great men on our board. They're goater dads, um, mm-hmm. and we have some wonderful coaches who are men. So that that is we we're, we're all about that. As I said, most of our sites are schools, but we are very open to taking this program anywhere. We would love to serve the homeschooling community, for example. We think that they could benefit from uh, having this type of activity for their, their children after school. We've also seen some different models um, at the STEM Academy, the Bartlett STEM Academy. They run Girls on the Run, not as an after-school program, but as uh, an in-school club. Mm-hmm. So they've yeah. tweaked the model. Inst- instead of meeting twice a week, mm-hmm. they meet once a week. Mm-hmm. So we've just tweaked tweaked it a little bit to accommodate them. So, you know, we're pretty flexible and we're, you know, our goal of course is to serve as many girls as possible. These are the future leaders mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're here for them. How much parental involvement is there? You know, you, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, a lot of the other outside after school activities, the parents are very, very hands-on. Girls on the Run is, is, is that the case there or not so much? Uh, yes, it is the case. Uh, in fact, I got a call the other day. It was yesterday, I believe, from a parent who is uh, whose child is at the Tybee Maritime Academy, and mm-hmm. she was very interested in bringing this program to her school. And she is going to get trained as a coach. She's got some other volunteers lined up, so we'll go talk to the principal and make that happen. We do have a number of parents who are involved as coaches and as uh, running buddies. These are people who can just show up and you know, participate. They don't, you know, they don't have to be there twice a week like a head coach or once a week like an assistant coach. Um, so they, they, you know, they come and t- to support the girls. We ask them all to be at the 5K. So these girls mm-hmm. will have their posse with them Good. when they're out there running. They have the, all of their the, their support people out there um, in addition to their peers. So yes, we do have parental involvement. We welcome parental involvement and uh, and community involvement. Right now, it tops out in eighth grade in middle school. Is mm-hmm. there why stop there is there talk of of expanding it for the older girls what's the what's the philosophy there i'm not sure i i think in the past perhaps uh the organization may have been looking at piloting some high school programs uh we are currently not serving high school we're just for elementary and middle school girls i personally think it's great to start young Mm -hmm. um that's when they need to learn these really critical life skills uh as they go into their adolescent years you know very very challenging so we're really we're just we're sticking to that right now of all of the the different things that the program tackles is body image confidence i mean is there anything in particular that you've seen has had the greatest influence or is it more just a comprehensive or is it different from child to child it, it is different from child to child, but I would say overwhelmingly the biggest gain, honestly, that I've seen and when I talk to parents and, and principals is just how the kids really blossom mm-hmm. and develop self-confidence and become more aware of how they treat other people. Mm-hmm. Some of the kids are bullies themselves, mm-hmm. and then they kind of start realizing I am the person. I am this person that we're trying not to be like. Um, so I think that's a little bit of an eye-opener for, for the kids who are the culprits. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we see improvement in in those children and how they interact with other kids, too. So 
It's all about self-respect mm-hmm. and respecting others. Mm-hmm. Two things for all of us, regardless of age, regardless of gender. That's right. <laughs> we all need to work on. But thank you very much for, for all that you do. And uh, we're, uh, we're happy to, to have you on and to support you and to look forward to, to continued growth, continued success. Thank you, Adam, because Girls on the Run is so much fun. That's right. (laughs) Let me thank our guest, Girls on the Run's Maria Center, as well as our presenting sponsor, the Savannah Economic Development Authority, a difference-making group in our community. Listen to new and archived episodes of Difference Makers wherever you listen to podcasts including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Recent programs have featured the head of the Savannah Music Festival, David Pratt, and the head of the Savannah Regional Film Commission, Beth Nelson. Difference Makers is a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com, and for a limited time, podcast listeners can take advantage of a special digital subscription offer. Get the first month free and pay just $7.99 a month for a year after that. Visit SavannahNow.com slash offer. That's SavannahNow.com slash offer now to take advantage. Thank you for listening.